And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster D-Face. And we're back with episode number seven, ladies and gentlemen. These have been flying off the shelf. And uh, y'all already know who's on the mic with me today. It's the one and only John W. Key. Rush, my boy. Talk to me. What's up, y'all? W. Key, it's not a strategy. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. We got to experience that on Saturday. The boys. Saturday is for the boys. DJR Love was also, of course, in the building, and he's on the mic right now. What's up, DJ? It was good, Monster. How we feeling? We uh, we live. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, uh, Fortnite-wise, so I'm pretty hyped to get right into it once we get there. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got, we got plenty to talk to uh, you guys about. But before we get there, guys, this is going to be a light and sweet episode. We're going to pretty much run through things. DJ's got some screams and stuff to get to, you know. So we're trying to squeeze one in for you guys. Um, and honestly, I just wanted to say thank you guys for all the downloads, the listens, yes. the tune-ins, the check-ins. For anyone tuning in with us live in Twitch chat, we also appreciate you as well. And if you're just a listener, don't forget, follow us on socials at Practice Server so you can keep up with the schedule as we start to do these on stream because there's plenty of pieces here now that we kind of throw in content segment that y'all can tune in with. But otherwise, thanks for all the downloads, thanks for all the listens, and uh, yeah, let's get right into it, man. Uh, so, so I guess coming up out the gate, we want to talk about, I guess, Twitch, right? Twitch yeah. is on the menu here. Oh. Twitch, man. Twitch has been under scrutiny for quite some time now, and Twitch is in sort of a Monopoly-style position, right? They're the juggernaut of the space in a position where they are too big to fail, in some sense of the world, there's no other, I guess, comp uh, competition platform that can really knock them off the throne right now. So when you have this tyranny, if you will, oh. of, of, of a situation going down, I mean, who's to hold them accountable? But John, take us through exactly what it is that I'm talking about here. Yeah, so um, we'll pull it up here uh, for our live viewers. But um, Hikaru, who is known as Grandmaster in chess, um, I don't want to knock anyone who plays chess digitally, but he's he's the real deal. Like in all of chess, he's like one of the very best. But he's he's taken to Twitch recently, makes some great fun YouTube videos, and uh, recently he was um, doing some streams involving uh, the Doc, the two time, uh, who we've recently seen reported has been cleared up um, based off of his Twitter. Uh, we didn't hear any correspondence on uh, Twitch's side, but then Hikaru was banned for uh, mm -hmm. streaming Doctor Disrespect's chess matches so looks like the uh situation is not as clean and clear as we were kind of led to believe yeah and and let's not forget we're coming off the heels of dr disrespect putting out that little statement like hey basically looks like the suit is over the charges have been dropped on both sides no one claims to have been guilty in this situation right so they kind of came to some sort of mutual agreement to agree to disagree and it's still so unclear i guess of what exactly went down there and what's really interesting too if you guys think about it um dr disrespect isn't ex exactly happy to be on the youtube platform either right because he wasn't paid to switch over there he's yeah. um obviously one of the bigger creator no let me rephrase that i think he's the biggest creator to have transferred over from twitch to that platform so definitely pulling all the numbers but he does it without any promotional support from YouTube gaming. He does it without any algorithm support. This is strictly off of what he has built, his subscriber base and his following essentially, because uh, he goes on to kind of talk about these things on Twitter from time to time as well. Uh, I mean, what are your guys' take on, I mean, even the platform like YouTube, I kind of feel like not necessarily embracing the free pickup. Well, here's what he said on Twitter real quick on, uh, 
March 10th, just to, to put it into perspective, he said, I have resolved my legal dispute with Twitch. No party admits to any wrongdoing. Signed, Dr. Disrespect. So, I mean, it's just, it's just like you said, it's just so murky water that it's in. And I, I, don't, I don't really know what to do, what to say about the thing that, on youtube i think john john you got anything you want to you want to say about that no i mean like yeah contextually you know we're seeing people like dr lupo uh courage tim the tap man get huge payouts to come over to the platform and are getting a lot of love um a lot of support and um doc has been doing well on the platform but it, w it would make you if i was him i'd be thinking how much more so could i be doing if i had the full support of youtube also with him launching a, a full gaming studio and trying to build out these things to have this like question mark with something as like you said, like, I don't know if it's the technical term of a monopoly, uh, but it, it is, it is so big to fail. It, it must be, must be really troublesome for him. And then it makes me wonder, did he, was he surprised when this band came through for Hikaru? And if so, if it was a surprise, like he thought it was, if he genuinely thought it was clear based off of legal uh, counsel and all these discussions, I imagine he was very upset, right? Like he's very upset. And, and that, that's what I was going to talk about right there. Dr. Disrespect, if anyone knows him kind of who he is, the, the man behind the mask, if you will, a very stand-up guy. He would never put someone else's livelihood um, in jeopardy essentially here. And, and what we have right now is an instance where if he knows... He shouldn't be aired on broadcast or something like that. He's gonna he's gonna give Hikaru the heads up, right? He's gonna yeah. opt out of the situation. He's not gonna look to collaborate with Twitch streamers, etc., to uh, to keep people from from issues. So this kind of extends beyond. I feel like anything that anyone expected, because yeah, coming out of the statement from Doc, coming out of what seemed like to be a resolved issue, how is it that Twitch can still hold this? You know, mm -hmm. this this kind of uh, like I said, this tyranny, in my opinion, because they're they're uh, uh, suppressing essentially this influencer for being shown on their stream, and it, I think it's kind of crazy that they're handing out bans like this, especially to someone Hakaru. We're talking about someone who is bigger than, like, in in some instances, bigger than your average anybody, like a yeah. grandmaster. I mean, isn't uh, in and like in like IRL, if a business decided to not associate with me for no stated reason and it was doing harm to my livelihood and my brand, wouldn't that be grounds for me to like sue or something like that? Like, it just feels like that mm. wouldn't happen. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know, but like private owned companies, I mean, I guess there's, it's different, right? Like yeah. you get, I, I think they do technically have the right to revoke any access. Um, I mean, it kind of takes me back to like the Epic versus, you know, Apple lawsuit. It's like, yeah. well, Apple's like, these are our products, but the, the court of law was also like, hey, but, you know, your products have reached a point to where it's a little bigger. You're a service provider for almost the, the majority of the world. So you can't just do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, it's like the, the rules change. And I feel like for Twitch, they're in a position where the rules change. They are by far the majority holder of audience and viewership in the live streaming space, um, industry leaders in this space. Every time we see the analytics come out of like, oh, hey, here's Facebook's growth. Here's YouTube's growth. You know, they're all growing, right? A little bit. But like Twitch is miles ahead when it comes down to live streaming and and i can't and like dj maybe you've heard of someone or monster but like no, not to throw shade at all and anyone streaming on youtube but i have personally not heard of nor have i seen someone start at zero on youtube streaming the gate 30 only yeah that's true but so he yeah i guess he was like 
when first night when Fortnite first came out, that's where he only ever streamed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like yeah, the only he one. He started on he started on YouTube. He was like he's the only notable creator that made that transition successfully, and I'd say it, it with the level of success that he has right now. No one else has reached the peaks of with doing that transition, um, unless you are like a mega YouTube uploader. But like we're talking about people that did, you know, the the hard work from hey, I didn't have a subscriber base and I started streaming on that platform. Right. We we haven't seen anyone have that kind of breakout success. So very yeah. few and very few in between. And if it kind of seems like Nick A thirty in this instance is the uh, the exception, not exactly the rule, right? Like as far yeah. as growing from that platform goes. And let's not forget, Twitch acquired Nick A30 in the sense that pretty sure they offered him that fat contract when he transferred over, and they did all kinds of um, cool stuff, like give free subscriptions for people that were transferring that already had a sub on YouTube. They allowed them to continue their sub streak. So there's a lot of cool things during that acquisition. Very smart, very smart. Well, hey, uh, let us know your thoughts. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Practice Server. Let us know in the uh, show comments. Talk to us. What do you think is happening? Uh, give us your wild speculations. Give us your deepest conspiracy theories, but also just let us know what you think about uh, just platforms being so big that they could affect someone's livelihood. And, uh, you know, I, I personally hope to see Doc be able to be in the clear on this. He is one of my favorite content creators. I love I love watching him. He genuinely makes me laugh. So I hope he gets sorted out for both their sakes. I was just going to jump on the, the next topic. Like, it's yep. not just you know, the platforms that are affecting people's livelihood, yeah, yeah. it's influencers as well. Yeah. Uh, in this next story, we have, we have a pretty interesting one right here. This is one that I didn't think we'd see break out, I guess, at the, the start of 2022. But um, Jason R., notable ex, you know, professional, competitive Counter-Strike player, gone into, like, Valorant and Variety Gaming, um, hit a weird little snag in his, his roadmap to success, if you will. Uh, the too-long-don't-read with Jason R., is that I guess the fans started picking up on really weird uh, interactions, tendencies, coincidences, if you will. Whenever Jason R. played or found himself in an environment with females online. And this is a weird thing to say because you have someone who's trying to act like nothing's going on. But whenever there's like a lady in the atmosphere or the room, he does everything in his power, anything he can do. He'll fake audio going out, internet dropping anything it takes to put up this uh to basically distance himself from the ladies yeah. um and, and it's like sort of outright i guess discrimination in a sense towards yeah. the you know the, that gender if you will uh but apparently he after all these years comes out during Tariq's stream Tarek, um and says that hey yes listen i do it because my my wife doesn't like when i play with mm -hmm. ladies and i do it so we can avoid conflict and Basically, that's kind of like a personal relationship matter. And Tarek wasn't necessarily happy with that. He says that, dude, I, I can't support this. But we'll, we'll kind of take a couple steps back here as we continue to just dissect that. That's yeah. kind of the high level looking in. Um, I mean, John, I, I, I'm kind of on both sides. It's like, all yeah. right, if the wife doesn't want to do it, you know, relationship. This is, this is mm -hmm. you know, real life comes first yeah right we're married men here yeah but like at the same time it's kind of weird though too yeah. like well I, I shout out to jake lucky for uh giving us this little twitter content we're seeing right here uh he had he had a, some really we won't go through all of his comments but he had a really funny comment and this is what I, th that i agree with so jake basically said further in the comments he said he said honestly it's just so weird that if that's the reason you only say it now like and he's like you dug yourself into a big hole and and then jake said 
anyways, I got a Rocket League tournament to go get drunk at or something like that. You know, like <laughs> right. Jake just being funny. But yeah, my thing is this. I don't think, I think um, you shouldn't make women feel weird or suffer because of your convictions and like what you're trying to do. Like be upfront. And I think the way you do that is you just be upfront. Just be upfront and just be like, hey, just like heads up to everybody. Like now I think it's weird to not even be on stream. If you're on stream, anything you're doing is recorded. So there is obvious, there's like uh there's accountability, right? Like I could mm-hmm. see like, sure. yo, like, Hey, I'm not going to DM you after 1am, you know, or like, I'm not going to hit you back. Like that just makes sense to me. Like that's all private. Anything can happen. People get tired, but all the public stuff seems kind of weird to me, but whatever your convictions are, I think just be upfront with it off the rip, you know? And that's how you avoid making, I, I, I see this happen is men often women are also, I feel like have to bear the brunt of shame for what a man like wants to do instead of a guy just being straight up with it. I don't know. Yeah, and, and just to talk a little bit more about Jason R, it, he, he kind of dug his own grave because when this all first started happening, like I said, he was getting Valorant lobbies, and the moment he would read a female's name, he would go full, like, it's really weird, guys. Like, if he read, like, if a female had a, or a semi-feminine username, he would back out of the lobby. And this is this is what we're talking about where it's like, you know, the community, the fans started catching on, like, dude, what's this guy's problem, right? And he would try to turn a, a blind eye to it essentially. And it's not even a really big deal, but it became a big deal because then you had like women in esports, and mm-hmm. you already know the social warrior justice guys, they start coming out of the woodworks on this one and everyone begins targeting him. But now it becomes a bigger issue where like friends of his kind of turn their back on him because when he's under scrutiny, another fire, which was Tarek in this instance, one of those people um, basically began like kind of bashing him because they didn't, you know, he, he wouldn't speak up about it. He was just kind of going silent and made for more speculation, more weirdness. Yeah. Um, in that video clip, if you guys go to Jake's Twitter, kind of breaks that down. So uh, Jason R ends up coming back eventually kind of like after a long break. And he's just like, dude, like F all these streamers. I ain't messing with none of these guys, these fake friends. Um, and he calls out Tarek in particular as someone who was his friend that he felt betrayed by. So Tarek ends up getting on a call with him. And that's where, you know, Jason R just kind of, I guess, breaks the truth and, Again, even then, it's just really weird. This could have been handled so differently, but now you have someone's reputation on the line here, and it just shows how, I don't know, man, how, how fragile your reputation in the space can be. Something so small can be blown out of proportion and taken down these really weird uh, avenues, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, all because of a, a girlfriend, I guess. Yeah, and let us, like, hey, this is kind of what we want to hopefully exist in the gaming space a little bit, like some big bro talk. Like, hey, in most social situations, Ask someone their perspective, like someone who's not involved. Be like, yo, what if I said this to this person? How do you think I should approach it? Ask some people who are older than you and then just be straight up with it. Like, I understand that a lot of times why people don't communicate is because they're nervous or maybe they genuinely don't know how. But to me, the moral of the story with this one is if if, if there would have been more direct communication, um, if that's really what he's saying, um, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Um, the, uh, the, other, the other underlying potential, that, though, is that <laughs> Maybe he is just mad weird about it, and he's trying to cover up and throws his <laughs> wife in there, which is mad sus. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's gonna break news soon, guys. His girlfriend's really no. You know what? I'm not even gonna make speculation. I don't need to get canceled. I got some funny jokes. I'm yeah. not gonna play them out. Uh, we're gonna we We're just gonna continue on, man. On to the next. Dude, this this is esports talk of the week, guys. There are all kinds of stuff, man. Twitch acting crazy. Got Jason R doing crazy weird things. Um, and then, and then we had a hot take coming in. Well, 
when when John first told me about this, I thought like, <laughs> is is this tweet real? Um, feel feel free to put this up on the screen as uh, as I continue to read th through this. But Evan Lati on Twitch uh, on Twitter, aka E Lati, goes out to tweet about Elden Ring. So if you guys haven't tried out Elden Ring or if you haven't heard about the game, it's an open world. Uh, basically a survivor game part of the souls genre essentially what that means is highly difficult mega frustrating super rewarding though and a, an amazing game to play um he goes to tweet wow elden ring has lost 50 percent of its player base in just one month rough launch not enough content silence from the developer no roadmap or battle pass <laughs> in sight period dead game question mark and this gets 68,000 hits. If you don't know what that means in the Twitter world, this thing blew up in the gaming community. Uh, John, I'm going to leave the floor with you, though, because yeah. you went on to tell me after that, like, no, this guy's being highly sarcastic, which I'm happy. So, and the nature of Elden Ring, not that it would never do a battle pass, but when it said battle, when he said battle pass in the tweet, that's when I kind of thought he was joking. And when, what, what he's highlighting here, and, and I'm sure we've all seen this, but this sense right here, rough launch, not enough content, silence from the developer, no roadmap, no that is a very, very common conversation regarding pretty much every game right now, yep. which then the, the, the lack of these things or the, the lack of them being good enough in people's opinions leads to the internet saying dead game. But Evan's just really making a point, and, and he, he, he brings some interesting data here. Um, specifically about Battlefield 2042 of of how this game would have, I mean, like we can't even think of someone who streams it anymore, but essentially he's making the point that we're so quick to call a game dead just because it's launch players goes down. And uh, he even points out that Battlefield 2042 is one of the 12 highest earning games on Steam um, in 2021. So it's making money. So the question is, and DJ Monster, I would love to hear your take. What makes a game truly a dead game? Hey, Listen, I'll probably if, jump off of what you want to say. If the servers can't fill, you have a dead game. All right, like straight up. Now, in this instance, guys, you got to understand that uh, Mati or Lati here put a, a photo along with the along with the tweet that he put out, and it shows the all time peak for Elden Ring at the at the basically a month ago was nine hundred fifty two thousand players, guys. Shattered records, not only sales. But just in general, like player peak, this is an incredible milestone. Most games will never hit. And then their 50% cutoff is their new 24-hour peak of 463,000 players. Like, I'm willing to bet Fortnite probably doesn't even hit these numbers as regularly either, even in today's day and age. Uh, just to kind of give you guys a sense of scale here, like 450,000 players or 60K, that's a lot of gamers online. Like this is by no means a dead game. So I like that he kind of took this sarcastic approach to the tweet, but I also like that he's kind of framing like, what is a failure in the gaming space? Is it right. because, you know, six months later, you don't have as many players playing, but hello, if you sold millions upon millions of copies, then like, you know, who, who's really losing here, right? I think I think it all just depends on like consistency, what what content you're you're bringing forward, and how 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 you kind of like are implementing the game moving forward, based on the reactions and the communication you get from the the player base. I think that also helps with you know determining whether a game is quote unquote dead. In my opinion, is whether the the connection, the communication, and 
more so the connection between you know uh, the player base and the company of wanting the change for certain things or more so just how they feel about current metas and stuff like that so that's where i stand on wait if, if, the, if this guy in the chat by the way dj is, is telling the truth he said their peak is fortnite's daily numbers you know i'm willing to believe that too like yeah. a million dudes playing fortnite every day low-key but i think um, i think this week for sure it's definitely just to me speaks to just the critical nature of i don't even think it's gaming social media i think it's all social media and it's something that i want to it would be something that i want to even improve on in my own life of just going like i'm so quick to point out the lack and i think that sometimes we can negative press like that can actually hinder a game company who is on the like trying to do something and i just if we look this is just my thing guys if we love the game we want it to win so let's give constructive criticism but like we're beating it over like we're just beating it over the head like and if you don't love the game then just say you love the game but don't say you love the game and then just be like oh i hate this guy's dead you know like uh, and, and yeah let's be honest thing, every yeah. every game is built differently every game has a different type of retention loop right a game like elden ring is not necessarily designed all the way to be played like multiple upon multiple times unless you're really trying to be that completionist try all the weapons and you know find all the hidden bosses and secret mechanics etc um but another post that was really like really interesting see because battle battlefield 2042 can be can be seen as a failure in a lot of different um ways because he goes on to put this photo here in the thread battlefield 2042 has lost 70 percent of its players in the first two weeks on steam so just kind of showing the difference but loses like you know you know i mean that's that's like a crazy player drop like that's one of the steepest you can have but they still are 12 all-time sold you know what i mean for the for the launch so it's like it wasn't a failure by any means but it was a huge letdown to the players now what what really remains to be seen is can a juggernaut brand like this bounce back the next game create enough you know hype and buzz to continue to hit you know record numbers for sales absolutely because it just proves that there's a market here and people still want this product right they're expecting something um and they're hoping you know it gets delivered essentially but one other thing people got to remember is if developers do the right thing the game can start off pretty poorly and reach you know new peaks down the line um one fortnite did it this weekend right let's just say it let's Facts. say it right they went down pretty low they bounced back heavily with good development creative strategy and and some something exciting but rainbow six siege did it too their first product pretty pretty trash yeah. as years develop they continue to polish their game it has slowly risen to be one of the more fun esports titles that people look forward to and they've amassed a huge competitive community um and again years of development putting in work so yeah. there's there's loads of titles that do it and can i just say on the fortnite thing i'm not i think a lot of times people's outcry about game companies is they feel like game companies aren't listening to them um they feel like there is middle management or or even upper management that's making decisions for the game that is disconnected from the player base and those are real things but guys if if any one of us would have thought that epic games would have done this i don't think i don't think we would have they we have to trust some of these companies man and like i think we need to put some more good faith towards the people who are in the seats, making these decisions for the game, uh, because I I think we'd all love to say, oh yeah, Fortnite. Listen to the players. No one was like publicly outcrying to take building out, but they were they but they they saw the analytics. They 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 were listening, and then ultimately they took a risk. And and we'll talk about it more in in, in this episode. But it paid off. So it's like 
I know they need to listen to us guys, but let's also remember most of us are keyboard warriors from home who play games. We don't develop games. So let's put some good faith towards the people who do it, man. Yeah, definitely. You got to take our hat off to those people because, man, they, they, I think Fortnite in, in particular, like you said, they're just like always coming through with the unexpected. You know, they nobody would have, you know, predicted that they were taking for, uh building out of Fortnite, but the impact that it has in itself of just taking it out, the controversy surrounding it, and then just like so many people um, who are just like not even affiliated or even play Fortnite anymore, you know, just so interested in coming back to just try it out and actually enjoy it. Yeah, and this is uh, this kind of leads into a big W for other titles under the Epic Umbrella. Uh, with Fortnite's success, there's way more people in the game, way more people in creative, and Epic is actually currently promoting the RLCS Rocket League Championship that's going on right now, which actually just concluded G2 Esports, takes home the grand final in what looked to be a 4-2 in a, in a best of seven and a ridiculously hyped game. Shout out to Rocket League, man, with their successful LAN event. When we tuned in, they were peaking out around 160,000 viewers live on Twitch. That is an incredible number. Yeah. Uh, but the Rocket League community, no strangers to hitting big numbers. Uh, these are these are the numbers that, you know, the, the scene just strives to try to achieve. And, and, you know, huge hats off to them having a successful event. Another example of, take, of, of the company making a decision that I don't think we as players would have thought about they made a decision to say we're going to do this live in california and even when they announced it it was it was very much so in the era of where we're going is it safe is it the right thing to do and of and of, of course there's been the proper precautions and you know people you know are, are are being safe but i mean this was a massive success i've saw i've seen so many photos and we're seeing it right now live of people enjoying themselves in person meeting up um, uh, there was even, I got to pull up the name. I can't, I met him at uh, the halo event. One of the, one of the, the prolific casters, uh, coming up for rocket league, who was talking about how he gets to cast his first, uh, uh, match in front of a crowd and, you know, three years or something, you know, and I want that moment for you monster. I want that moment for you, my guy. I mean, I, I've, I've done a lot of crowds and ready to get back to him. Let's go. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like, you know, ha having them just roar when the elims start you know lining up and it's crazy man it, it's it's a it's a really cool feeling and you know the rock league community got to experience that this weekend uh if you guys anyone tuned into the live stream y'all also the the, the the crowd was going pretty crazy there was a guy out there he's called the squat guy they had him squatting on camera whole whole crowd counting with them it's wild silly stuff like that you only see in esports people just having good fun um but good but fun. that's that's epic for you that's another epic w if you will because you know Rocket League's under that epic umbrella so rocket league success is like epic success which is like you know more more money for for them which equals you know shout out to uh fortnite as it continues to get developed and stay relevant so we, we take those all day long um let's jump into some fortnite stuff though huge week obviously we've been parading and and i think you know talking a whole lot of no building and stuff like that mm -hmm. it, it was no uh, surprise that it started attracting those old influencers back to the game. Another one that jumped on that hype train was the boy Tifu, and not only did he come back, he returned this T-Fault scrims. This is a this is an OG kind of T-Fault scrim situation here, DJ. Way back in the day, he used to do these, and and the community loved it. And so yesterday, he uh, he said he's gonna put out a little, uh, do a little small short Fortnite stream, and he didn't really give much uh, information. And then he later sent out another tweet at uh, you know 11:50 a.m. saying T-Fault scrims, you know question mark question mark. And uh, so him, Emad, GG, um, 
and Penn and one other uh, gentleman, they all got together to run some T-Fault scrim. So what they did is anyone who is in the old T-Fault discard, uh, Discord, the OGs, um, you were those were the only people who were actually getting the uh, the code, uh, the hand, the bot, may have you, uh, to get into these lobbies. So, you know... I was thinking they were going to fill up hundreds of people and, you know, he was only getting 100, 200 people, you know, leaking to a couple people to fill up that second lobby. So, you know, if you're an OG, you know, if you, you, you've been playing and you're familiar with the T-Fault scrims, you know, hop back in the Discord and he's going to be running more of them soon. Um, we're talking like 70 man. There's like 82 alive during 70 man surge when it's popping off. Um, it, it's getting pretty wild out there, Monster. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and, and, and that's pretty exciting. There's some exciting clips also online. Um, EMAT GG tweeted something hilarious. Just, you know, the good old EMAT running troll things. He he goes to jump in a game with, uh, basically with Tifu. They're, they're all in squads. And if you didn't know, this is for uh, a little, little gem for the listeners. If you have a teammate, get them by a gas station, take a vehicle, and drive through. It actually do neutral damage and damage your teammate, essentially, and cause some friendly damage there. So he... <laughs> Uh, Emad GG, another <laughs> famous and, and popular influ influencer, essentially ended up just blowing up Tifu, and it was it's hilarious, and he's giggling like a like a little kid up there. There so, he goes again. Uh, it's just it's just a good vibe, man. Yeah, and I think I think it goes to show you of just like creators will create at their best when they're having fun, and so I think this is even for myself um, on some of my personal streams and stuff like that. I definitely hit. You know, it just hits a grind, and that's part of the process. But this week, I'm like, oh, my God, why am I playing so many video games? Why do I want to stream so much? Why do I, why do I? And I'm like, oh, because something happened in one of the games that I love. It's really fun and fresh, and I've had a lot of fun uh, playing Fortnite this week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a couple other people had some fun, too, because Twitch Rivals decided to throw a no-building elimination race. I had the pleasure of casting us this weekend. Um, it, it was... It was something else, man. It, it was a whole lot of fun. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. You got to jump on the mic and, and pretty much deliver what was, I guess, the first no-building tournament of the season, like a big tournament. Uh, it was myself and Sancho West. There was a list of influencers whom basically queued into duo versus squads. And I got to tell you, man, it, it was it was something special because we had Wendell Carter Jr. from the Orlando Magics coming on up, a celebrity, uh, you know, in his own right, up and coming uh, inside the, you know, from from college into the NBA. And it was incredible to see the most casual of casual, like we're talking professional NBA player, hop on the sticks, actually have some gunplay translate because he doesn't have to worry about building, right? It's not overwhelming yep. anymore. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden... He's dropping players. He's getting eliminations. And, you know, he ends up clutching up some situations. It was really, really fun, really cool. And and that was just this weekend, a small little, I guess, a taste of what competitive with no building could be like. I was going to say, this is just like a, a glimpse of like what Epic can do to just unfold the whole nother layer of competitive that is... Mm -hmm not so competitive but still you know more so content creative and and this is this is awesome man i would love to, i got to perform in uh, a separate cup that went on during that time uh the chloe kim kim cup was a, a skin cup that happened within uh fortnite itself and it, essentially the same thing we were actually in a tournament based setting though arena where uh not arena where just regular pubs but it was like arena game mode like the com competitive side i was saying and 
everybody was just duking it out, trying to, you know, make it to end game and obviously get as many points as they can to earn the cups or the skin during the cup. So it's amazing, man. I would love to see more of this. What what I did want to say though is that no, th- it, it's still competitive, DJ. Right? It's you said you said oh you know it's not as you know. It, it is a still, different layer of competitive. Gonna, it's just different, me? exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. going to say it's, just, it's like literally just different, right? Because there's yeah. there's going to be a skill ceiling essentially that can develop within that space. Yeah. Um, granted, <laughs> maybe it's not as difficult, right? It, it's not as difficult as the building and and the innovation that comes behind that, because now we're talking like actual that's what, that's actions what, yeah. per minute, right? And things like that. Absolutely. But, well, it's ev- it's that. evolution at its best. I was talking with a homie last night. I, I personally don't think that many people developing Fortnite conceptualize that building would turn into what it is, which I appreciate watching. It is masterful. Seeing people, I think it is one of the most impressive feats of skill in any video game ever. It is amazing. But in terms of the core, like, and, and I'd be interested what y'all think. I don't think they ever thought it'd get to that level. I think they were thinking, throw some builds up, throw some ramps, build a little fort for your buddies and shoot from it. And so it's not bad that it came this way, uh, but evolution, man. And so I think they're trying to create a world where multiple you know, communities and, and evolutions can take place. I, I think that they're trying to distance themselves from the, like, I guess the competitive narrative that we've seen up until now. Um, and it kind of sucks to see it because there could genuinely be a world where, like, that hardcore, like, the hardcore competitive just really isn't supported as much. And instead, this new version of competitive is, is I guess, catered to a little bit more because this is a world where you can bring in the money, right? You can bring in the influencers. You can bring in the celebrities. You can make this accessible to way more people. Um, and, and like I said, that gunplay is just, it just translates so well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's received easier to the, to the casual eye, yeah. right? If someone just comes into the game, well, you know exactly what's going on. It's a dude that's running, sliding, right. climbing, and shooting. Okay. And, I got that. And this is when a, you jump into a Fortnite arena game, yes. you see the editing in the building. You're like, what the heck is going on? Right. I think in the beginning, Fortnite with bills was so, so simple, but the, the, the skill gap ceiling, there was so much room for improvement, and people have literally just exposed every way to maneuver with the build and, you know, create a way to reshift edits, and uh, it's led to just some crazy things that, you know, it's just you wouldn't have expected, you know, looking back at, you know, when Fortnite first started competitively. And this is a game, though, that, and and I, I don't want to, I never want to take away from the parts of the community that, that could feel slighted by this, because we have seen that, right? But this is still a game that, that holistically has so many features left to optimize and from different items like the hoverboard to seeing how they're working on vehicles. Like it's I don't I don't think what's going to happen is Fortnite's all of a sudden can become less sensational. I think it's actually become more visually appealing. And I think we're yeah. just scratching the surface on some of the wild things that we could see take place in a game. Even from some of the y'all want to talk about some of the movement, the rotation launch pad. We've even <laughs> seen innovate in the last uh, seven days. I mean, yeah, more more and in, in new stuff already being developed, guys. You know, it, naturally, people are going to start testing things out. They're going to start figuring things out. And what we have right now, a really fun clip that we threw up on Twitter and, and on top of TikTok that ended up popping off here. Uh, it's on screen right now, but essentially someone figured out different ways to use the cannon and launch pad in combination with one another to continue to propel yourself 
out and through the map. I don't know whom exactly is the person that's in this clip. DJ, do you know exactly who uh, who actually found this trick? DJ Rated is the first person that I saw coin this from uh, the internet that I saw personally. I think there could have been a, a cu couple other people who may have first saw it, but um, this is the video that I saw that stuck with me on my feed. Yeah, and, and then what's happening right here, guys, is this player is jumping in the cannon and what you do is you just literally aim the cannon at the launch pads and the distance is set up so perfectly. You don't have to, uh, you know, aim it up or down. You essentially just aim it directly at it. You fire yourself off the cannon, you know, do the cannonball animation straight into the launch pad and you just propel yourself way up into the sky. And it's just another way to hit these, you know, incredible rotates essentially to, you know, continue to move around the map. This reminds me back in the day when you would combine like a shadow stone form with mm -hmm. launch pads or you know go all the way up in the sky you do like really crazy things um so you know just just more innovation coming at play here john yeah and shout out to the real llama hunter for this other breakdown of the clip who replied to our our tweet and we love that y'all talk to us yeah. on twitter talk to us on our social media platforms we even had a tiktok uh last week we had, you know, literally like more comments than we've ever seen. I'm like, yo, we're having some dialogue in here, you know, dialogue. But hey, we, we love the community. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Llama Hunter here for breaking down the different uh, distances uh, that can Actually, take place. Actually, you know, DJ, did you repost this this tweet here too on the TikTok, the one that Llama put up? No, I think it, I, I did not see. I think it'd be really cool to, to somehow re kind of like highlight because I don't think anybody has seen this this video. This video's only got like four or five hundred views. Yeah, uh, when, I had, when I had seen it, and it's actually really cool because it breaks down. I can't see what it says, John. Can you tell us what the distance is for each on those? Yeah, so it's uh, here, let me scrub. So it's 274 for just the launch pad, 337 meters uh, for cannon, and then 730 meters distance for the combined cannon and launch pad. Look at that, really, really, really fun to see the uh the the data and he just used the in-game uh, pinging to measure that which is also just yeah really great exactly it just ended up you know pinging his location showed how far he went and just like that all of a sudden he he built up a really cool data point um and, and got to showcase it with with a video footage there so you know it's it's the game the game continues to evolve and, and fun stuff coming to the space uh, time and time again here and and that's just that's just this last how long has the season been out it's about two weeks right now Seven days exactly. Seven days. Came out not even, not even two weeks. What am I talking not about? Yeah. Seven, Seven days. days. And we've got Seven some uh, some Twitch stats on that. I'm gonna throw up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are huge across the board. Why don't you talk to us about this, DJ? So NAE's comp report. Shout out to them. They throw some really cool stuff up for uh, competitive players about the NA East region, and also just cool content that uh, surrounds Fortnite in general. But pretty much this. This tweet that they put out um, is uh, Fortnite Twitch statistics over the last seven days. And pretty much it's kind of just it blew me away the first time I saw this. Um, it's pretty much, uh, let's start with average viewers. Just in the last seven days, they're averaging over 90,000 more viewers. Um, in terms of their max viewership, um, they're almost hitting 700,000 viewers um, at one time watching just on Twitch. So, I mean, these are numbers that we haven't seen since uh, it's chapter two when that maybe first first launched. Um, like we're we're talking like whole whole chapters ago, you know, like seasons and seasons. Like we have not seen these numbers. Um, so, like you said, the no building has to has to of course play a significant role in this. 
Yeah, and you know, obviously that that's with all the hype, that's with all these influencers now jumping on the train. So these these average numbers across the board though, for average numbers to go basically up ninety thousand on average to 150k, that is crazy, crazy numbers. We're talking two X almost anywhere from yeah, honestly, like two times to about three times as much activity mm-hmm. on the game than the last season where we left off, which again, the numbers of Fortnite, these are not small numbers throughout the year, even in their low moments are, you know, record highs for, you know, tons and tons of other titles. So by no means has Fortnite ever been an unsuccessful game. It is just, again, only re- reaching these these insane peaks and, and we're in such a high moment right now, which is really, really cool to see play out. Um, Talking about things that are going to play out though, HypeX hits us with a little bit of leak here. And, you know, HypeX is one of our more notable data miners in the community. What he does is he ends up reading the files and Epic knows exactly what they put in the game. A lot of this stuff is encrypted and they also leave messages for the data miners. Like, hey, hey you can't actually share this, even if you find it. Um, or sometimes just behind walls that they can't actually break through, which is really interesting because, you know, the data miners have been a part of the scene for so long. They actually have a relationship now with the developers. So um, a lot of the times they play game like, okay, Epic doesn't want us to show this trailer early. Right. So they won't. And, and cool things like that to, to help build suspense and, and leave a little mystery. But this is one of those instances where Hypex finds a little nugget in here. So we know that no building was supposed to leave at some point and we all have that big gut feeling like there's no way they're going to just let it drop. Right. Because you know, the, the success so far and what he's found is that there's already tweaks potentially happening to the no building game mode that are going to enhance the player's experiences because as it stands right now, the structures in the game, the current just regular public game, everything's kind of vanilla. Nothing's catered or tailored to support the no building style of play. And what's going to happen here, according to this uh, data mine, this additional information he fished up in the Fortnite files is that they're going to actually reinforce the structure. So they take a little bit more damage to actually break, making it so like trees and, you know, fences, bushes, things like that are going to be just a little bit more durable. So you can't just get melted essentially when you're in the field. So if you felt like a stone was already no kind of healthy and it took a, a good mag or so to dump through, it's going to take a little bit more. Now you're going to have more of that cover to play with. So it's cool that they're kind of, you know, patch noting or tweaking this game mode to make it a little bit better. I think this is this is kind of like all making sense to me now because, you know, you're adding the cow catchers into the game. You're adding all this other mm-hmm. other type of tank mobility, turret stuff, um, you know, things that are just easily going through builds. And uh, I think, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you need you need a little bit more help uh, keeping those builds up for sure. Yeah, and I think I think, again, this just, they're thinking this way they there there's other things they're thinking about to optimize um i believe this game for both what we would con- uh, traditionally consider the competitive um community which is going to be i think moving forward going to be very associated with building still and uh last episode if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it break down some of the amazing innovations in building um with some of the new mechanics like uh uh, that that came out uh, with this with this new update that have already advanced building and so it's I think what we're stepping into is the best of both worlds and so they're gonna continue to develop that for the competitive side but this new competitive this new community of no builders um, they're gonna continue to innovate. Yeah, they're gonna continue to build on it. Um, hopefully, we see more of these tournaments continue to pop up and 
you know, basically showcase what's possible here. I think the viewership can can definitely continue to grow with the game. I mean, just look at so many of these other titles that have found success in, in creating these tournaments. You could look at any of our, I guess, the regular first-person shooters, any other competitive title. I mean, numbers are there. Like, people want to see this stuff. It's just about how you package it and deliver it. And we have a time here and now to where, you know, this can, this can really, you know, boom. It can pop off. Um, Twitch Rivals numbers, just to kind of talk about that tournament. I mean, they peaked around like 32K. Granted, it's Twitch. They do the front page thing. You know, they kind of get embedded and it gets inflated, but it's still a, a lot of viewership that yep. they brought to the game just off of, you know, that, that event alone. Um, so, you know, cool stuff happened across the board. And, and that's really all there is to it, man. Fortnite just on, on the train right now, on the streak. We still have, you know, pretty much a, a good handful of days left before the uh, the game mode gets removed so or you know air quotes here guys we 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 hope it doesn't really get removed yeah uh, we we hope something happens in between but something's going to happen it's either gonna upset the whole community it's gonna you know delete all the momentum that they've built up or they are gonna remove it and people are just gonna be salty and then we're gonna see kind of how that plays out before they return it. So the, the comm community is really into this, the, the lore right now, hoping the resistance brings back building. They're just holding on, you well, know? Well, honestly, that could so, be what, hey, that's... I was just going to say, I had, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Elixir, who's a competitive player. I asked her, hey, how much of this no build stuff have you played and whatnot? She's like, on it, like she said, to keep it real, I, I just love building. I've been playing almost strictly arena, so, you know, it doesn't really affect me. She's like, but this tournament was awesome. You know, doing no building and stuff, very refreshing. I had a great time. And she enjoyed herself. She popped off. They're dropping like 40 bombs in pubs still. Right. You know what I mean? Like incredible gamers, period. So um, I, I, I think the comp community is over it. I think they have had enough time to see the benefits of the regular game mode and the buzz around the game and, you know, kind of being on the winning side of the field is always nice. So I think, I think they got to experience that for a little bit. And we haven't seen people complaining, right? Like you don't really see professional players right now. Um, speaking against if you will the current state of the game as far as the game modes go but they are of course always going to complain about the you know loot pool and the item selection because well no one wants to get ran through by a combat smg let's be honest so that's kind of that's kind of where we are there yes sir well, well hey what we, do we got fellas that, that about, about that about right up for this week huh? that's right and if you're listening to this you know we've been putting out more podcast content than ever and we're trying to make sure we're giving them to you guys uh where you can uh uh digest it and and consume it but we're putting out daily content on tiktok on youtube um and on twitter so make sure to interact with us there and then um we're, we're looking that that pretty much every sunday unless otherwise stated we're going to be live here so you can interact with us on twitch uh the three of us played some little off-stream games in Fortnite. You know, I got Sick. some VODs. I got some VODs. So, you know, we're really just trying to continue to just uh, create uh, content uh, here at Practice Server that covers a wide range of things involving esports, all remaining true to the community that got us where we're going. Shout out to the Fortnite favorites. All right, and that's going to wrap up episode number seven, guys, of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed another installation of this bad boy right here. We'll be dropping this. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. All depends on John Rush's hustle, essentially, when he ends up cranking this bad boy out. But uh, yeah, let's let's start it off with with John Rush, basically. John, 
let us know where you can find you, man, and, and what, what what your week's looking like. Hey, I like this. This is my this is my uh, secondary uh, uh, tag because it speaks to some of my goals. I'm the best. Uh, I'm the best caster you never heard of before. At John W Key Rush on Twitter, <laughs> uh, you can follow me at all my gaming and content exploits on there. Six man. second DJ. Man, I think I got I got to find something that can even you know come up to par with that because that 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 is a crazy catchy line. I, I'm vibing with that one, John. But uh, no, I'm just uh, nine days from the no building. It's supposed to be on Tuesday, so we'll see how this new edit comes, uh, a new update comes on Tuesday. A lot of good things to look forward to, and uh, hope y'all are staying safe and uh, enjoying the sun and that extra sunlight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was outside skating today and, you know, riding around the neighborhood with the wife. It was awesome. Good weather here in Texas. But either way, guys, let's let's go ahead and let y'all go. Don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. It's your boy Monster Deface clocking out today. Find me at Monster Deface across all social media handles. And we will see you guys in the next episode. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast those victory royales. Peace, y'all.